This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Lots to discuss this week. Is Lee Johnson going to Fulham? Uh, Callum O'Dowd's form and his contract, what's going on there? It's like a new signing for Bristol City. A few weeks after the transfer window is shut, he's finally playing. We will talk about Antoine Semenyo. Uh, have Marcelo Bielsa and his staff been down to Bristol City this week for a spy? We don't think so, but we'll be talking about that. Uh, for Maris Yijun, is he physical enough? And where is Nicky Mindpar with his calf problem? Gregor will begin, though, at Preston. The bogey team, that bogey team mentality, which I said in my column that Bristol uh, City need to get rid of. And they went away to doing that, didn't they, on Saturday? They did. They put in a good performance. They started slowly and probably for the first half, maybe Preston just edged it. Although I thought they were a little bit lucky to get their goal. They, they weren't really creating too much. And probably Lee Johnson was a bit annoyed at the break, having seen his team concede just before the, the interval. But then after the break, and it probably coincided, unfortunately, with Calamo Dada going off and Antoine Semenyo coming on. Uh, Bristol City were the better team and they fully deserved their goal. Although, having watched it back a couple of times, it looks like Jeju was offside actually when he put good it finish, in. Good finish, though. Yeah, really good finish. And um, yeah, it came from a set piece, two goals from a set piece in the game. But the, the overriding story was um, Antoine Semenyo coming on. And where would you have heard about this guy before, hey? Well, let's let's talk about Antoine Semenyo then. Um, before we go into detail, let's just hear from Lee Johnson what he said. After the Preston game, he talks about a number of players here, players he would have liked to have signed as well. So this is worth a listen. And at the end, hear what he says about Semenyo. Because they're a good side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, they've got a philosophy. They've got a ethos in terms of the way they sign players. I've had half your players. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or tried to sign them, do you know what I mean? So I know that, that these lads are, are good players and, um, and, and good types. And I think that's important. I think both clubs are similar, actually, with that. It's a, it's a very similar model in, and similar uh, size stadium and stuff like that. So uh, it's important that we pick up points against good sides like Preston because you're right, it has been a bit of a, a bogey team for us and for me over the years. Alex was saying that on Thursday, similar things, sort of a lot of similarities probably between you sign younger players who are yeah. not necessarily on everyone's radar, not household names, but yeah. you'd get them in. Exactly. And myself and Alex have to coach, you know what I mean? And and that's why there's a lot of big, big hitters in the division in terms of finances, the Premier League club that come down. But you see Bristol City and Preston consistently competing against these big, big sides and inevitably losing their better players and having to sell them. But again, that ethos remains and we try and sign, develop, promote from young. And uh, both teams at academy products in the team today and uh, we meet one of yours of course Josh Browning and he's fantastic for us so uh, yeah I think two good clubs really and uh, I got nothing but respect for Preston Jeff DJ at Yeah DJ yeah Pearson Pearson, obviously um, I try to sign um, the right winger from Barnsley Potts 
Yeah, I'd rather think we've had a go on him before, yeah. Did you go for the same <laughs> Yeah, well, it's because we're in the same pool, really, aren't we? We're fishing in the same pond, if you like, and it's the same market. Yeah. Lee, how's uh, Nicky doing at the moment? Is it a calf? Yeah, it's a bit of a reoccurrence, but it was only tight. It was a catch-22, isn't it? You, you keep him on the pitch and it completely goes, and then you've lost, do you know what I mean, your, your two number ones, effectively, because uh, one's got a broken hand and, uh, and obviously his calf reoccurrence. So, but in saying that, I think that again shows the trust that I've got in Max O'Leary because we could have kept Miper on, but no, young goalkeeper goes on and uh, manages to have a shutout in that last sort of 20 minutes. Just on some menu, you've had him for a while, a couple of games and you haven't used him. Did you specifically think you were going to use him this game? Or? Yeah, I did, yeah. I, look, again, it's catch 22 because we've got good players, you know what I mean? Just like Preston have and... and Often you've got to make decisions based on what substitute is right to affect the game. And Matty Taylor would be standing there, sitting there saying, I can't believe he hasn't put me on. But these are the decisions you've got to make. And uh, I think that that's almost like a new signing for us. I think that's the real fun of it all, because uh, it feels like a new signing three, uh, three weeks after the window shut. Lee Johnson there speaking after the Preston result, talking about Antoine Semenyo. Big fan, came on at half-time, changed the game like you said, Gregor. We've been wondering when he's going to get his chance, finally had his chance. Why was it in this game that Johnson chose to use him? Yeah, as, as we heard there, I asked Lee and it sounded like it was always planned for him to come on. And it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's he's got Matty Taylor sat there, but then he goes for youth. I, I don't know, I just think maybe he thought the, the head coach thought he hasn't got too much to lose here because Preston are such a bogey team. Then they didn't look like conceding, I have to say, when he made the change. So, yeah, full credit to Lee Johnson for making that change. And not just Antoine either. Max O'Leary was really, really cool in possession and um, played really well, pulled off a couple of good saves as well. So it wasn't just him and... Um, Jada Silva, the, the third to come on for Lloyd Kelly as well. So all the youngsters. Yeah, three young guys and they all had really good effect as we've just been saying there, Semenyo was so superb in his hold-up play. And what I really liked about him was he just got the ball and kept it simple. Mm. He didn't try and overplay it. You see this so many times with young players and even older players as well. They just try and do too much and mm. lose the ball. Mm. Just keep it simple. It's the best thing to do. So um, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a tweet during the rounds showing his best bits. Well, basically all of his yeah. play from the weekend. And what I love from that is there's a clip from him down the flank we've just been talking about and... Basically, defenders, Preston defenders are bouncing off him. Uh, and he reminds me a little bit of Carlos Tevez in his stocky build. He's trying to knock off the ball. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get the ball easily off him. So that was great to see. And probably, as Lee Johnson has, has said himself, one of the best things was he kind of brought the best out of Fam Jeju as well. Yep. Suddenly, Fam was playing with it, with his tail up. He was, he was able to leave the centre and go out to the flanks a bit more. And he looked more dangerous as a result. And that, yeah, there's a lot of promising signs there that those two could hit it off. So it's going to be interesting to see how Semenyo is used at the weekend. Let's hear from Semenyo now as well after the game. Hi, Antoine. Uh, much of a difference between uh, League Two and the Championship today? <coughs> do, you, do you feel the difference in the speed of the game at all? Um, I would say it's a lot more quality because in League Two is a bit long ball here and there, but champ, pass, ball, runs, you have to track your runners whereas League 2 you might be able to get away with it here and there but yeah, it's not much difference I'd say 
Just following on from what Rich was asking you there, you've had a, such a whirlwind the last two years, um, coming from the SGS College and playing other, elsewhere. How can you sum that up? Uh, what, how, would you, how would you explain the, those two years? Can, can you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> very, very weird, I would say, but it's been a long, long journey and I'm grateful to be here now. Just finally, um, Lee Johnson's been saying upstairs, talking about obviously your games today, and said that there was Premier League interest in you. Are you looking further in the summer? Have you got any plans or, or how do you see uh, things I'm playing I'm just focusing on my football now. I'm not trying to think about the summer just yet. I'm trying to get involved in these get 12 games remaining. So I'm just hoping when I get my chance, I'll take it. Nice one. Great game today, mate. Thank you. Well, Gregor, you asked Antoine Semenyo there about summer. We're pretty sure from all our sources that Chelsea had a two million bid for him turned down in the January transfer window. This could be exceedingly good business by Bristol City. If Chelsea come back with an improved bid, say Semenya features heavily in the next few games, they could sell him for something like three million. They could even have him loan back to them and they could go out and get a championship proven scorer for double the price. Yeah, it kind of probably works for everyone. I mean... Worst case scenario, yeah, they have to sell him in the summer because he might only have a year left on his deal. He wants to go to the Premier League, who could really blame him in those circumstances. Or best case, they they keep him and he sees his future as being at Ashton Gate because he's going to play regularly. But if they do have to sell him, then yeah, yeah, you're right. They could get a decent fee for him. For him, hopefully he he maybe even scores a couple before the end of the season. Helps the Robins finish in the top six. And if they have to sell him, then they get a decent fee maybe bring him back on loan um, to play and also reinvest that fee in a, in a top-class striker that makes the difference next term. But as I say, that's worst case if they don't go up this, this year. And also, uh, interesting to hear about his physicality and we've all seen the clips, we saw how he played. Fumaris Yiju was criticised last week, uh, midweek, in the loss against Birmingham for not being physical enough. So it's good to have perhaps someone with those attributes. Absolutely, absolutely. I thought he was superb, Semenya, when he came on. As I say, defenders bouncing off him. But not just the physicality side. Or, yeah, um, it's, it's also his, his his personality as well. Speaking to him then, obviously, he, he was a really lovely guy, quite chilled out after the game. But from everyone I've spoken to around the, the, the size of the squad and stuff, they've all said what a fantastic guy he is. And I, I think this is quite a... Well, it's obviously very crucial to Bristol City because remember... They um, worked on their culture last summer to, to make the sure they had, yeah. had the right characters in the squad. In the dressing room. And I think further than that, I think this is a big thing in, in, in youth development that clubs want uh, really nice guys, basically, people with respect. And I think there's a belief that those kind of people then go on and fulfil their talent more than others. So it's important that you've got these characters that, that are going to um, develop in the right way. And Semenyo, I've been, I've been told... Along with um, Seku Jana, who's mm-hmm. doing so well at Torquay, both of those two guys are two really great guys off the pitch as well as on it. And something that, that that's proven in that is that I saw, I was stood next to Anton Semenya when Newport beat Middlesbrough in the FA Cup a, a few months ago and he went back to support his old teammates. It just shows you the sort of character he is. Absolutely. And I saw him last night, I have to say, we were recording this on the Tuesday and I saw him last night watching the under-23s. And in fact, the last time I went down and watched the under-23s, he was there watching with his mate. So this is great to see as well. I mean... He doesn't have to be down there. There aren't. I don't remember seeing too many other senior players, if I'm honest, down there. Mm. So it's great to see him like interested in football enough, he and supporting, football, yeah, supporting his fellow teammates and, and keeping an eye on stuff. Absolutely. And 
Max O'Leary coming on for Nicky Minepar. Um, oh, there have been a few injury problems to the keepers this season. And actually, given the few goals that Bristol City have, have conceded, that's credit to all three, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's probably a really good thing that Bristol City have got that strength and depth there and, and maybe it's going to help actually in the longer run that they've been able to give Max first-team football this season. Yeah, as regards the upcoming game against Leeds United, I don't think the Robins would have played Max O'Leary last night for 90 minutes if they didn't think that Nicky could play at the weekend. Yes, it was calf problem, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, calf problem and, and Lee sort of said, explained that it was precautionary measure really to bring him off at the weekend that he could have played on if they really needed him to yeah. but it wasn't worth the risk. So yeah, Nicky should be okay for Saturday. And by all accounts, it was a really good point given everything else that happened at the weekend. I, I still think that loss to Birmingham last week, that I'm really worried about what that is going to do to Bristol City's season. Because Birmingham, yes, they played a game more, but they're only four points behind now. Uh, Derby, they're doing what Derby do every season, aren't they? It's Frank Lampard in charge this season. You've got to say, if he wasn't such a big name, would there be speculation about his future at this point? Losing 4-0 to an Aston Villa side that have not got going this season. Well, I couldn't really believe what I was hearing through my headphones on Soccer Saturday. <laughs> I... Yeah, I've got to agree with you. I'm not too worried personally about Derby. They just seem to be in this wretched run of form. And yeah, they were completely demolished by Aston Villa, weren't they? I mm. mean, what a goal by Jack Grealish, by no, the way. What a goal. Well, do you know what? He's such a nice guy as well, because I was just up doing some filming with Aston Villa uh, last week. He just comes over and shakes your hand, says hello to everyone. He is their pin-up. If they don't go up, I just cannot see him being at Villa next season, can you? OK, sideline. Do you think he's the best player in the Championship? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you. I, I think there's others. I think Pablo Hernandez at Leeds is, yeah. is exceptionally good because he's in that bracket, not of young players. That's where you have to, you know, he's still young, but when you look at young players like Antoine Semenya, that's a different category. Yeah. This is when we talk about the best player in the championship. For me, it's got to be Grealish because look at how they've suffered without him. He makes that team. Yeah, definitely. I'd probably agree with you on that. Who else would you, who, who else would you say? I mean, um, Billy Sharp at Sheffield United, he's had a great season. Hasn't Tammy he? Abraham. Consistently oh, well, yeah. Cha- championship is his level, isn't it? Upper championship. By the way, I did a, uh, a sit-down with Tammy Abraham last week. Um, I was doing this thing where we drove around in a car. Oh, and okay. he spoke really fondly of his time at Bristol City and how well he did with his goals here. Again, a really nice young man. And yeah. you just think, if Bristol City got him back on loan mm. instead of going to Villa... Well, I think that will be the plan next summer, not to bring in Tammy Abraham, but to find someone like him. I wouldn't be surprised if Lee brings in another young player from yeah. the Premier League who, who comes in on loan, isn't going to um, cost the club too much to do that. And This, um, is, the fir- this is the first season where he's not had that proven goal scorer. Well, not, not, sorry, not proven goal scorer. This is the first season where he's not made a proven goal scorer. Does that make sense? So, yeah. Obviously, Tammy and Bobby... Yeah, although I would say, obviously, Pham got his, was it his 11th? I think his 11th yeah, yeah, goal of the good. season at the weekend. I mean, and he's still got 12 games left to get... He could, it could, yeah. He could get to 20. He could, he could. And Bobby, how many did Bobby get? 23, I think. Yeah. And um, Tammy got around 23 as well. Jonathan Codger got 19, didn't he? So, so yeah, actually, Famara's not that Pham far could, off. Yeah, could Jonathan match, Codger. match those guys. Yeah. And Codger, when he's left Bristol City, has not... He's not picked up. And you, it's, the irony is, you look at these players like Tammy Abraham and Jonathan Codger now at Villa, who are below Bristol City in the table. What do you think they think, and perhaps Aidan Flint might be thinking, you know, Borough might not go up this season, Bristol City could. Bobby Reid and Joe Bryan look like they might be back in the Championship. I, it's almost, it's, is it ironic? It's, it's, yeah, it's a really good point. 
maybe it might have the effect of saying to some of the players... Look at look at what's happened to these exactly, guys. Exactly. Maybe you don't need to leave Ashton Gate to fulfil your ambitions, you know. It, it I mean, wages like is a big thing, though, isn't it? It is, it is. But maybe the guys will be a little bit patient on that front or maybe... Yeah, Bristol City can raise those wages a little bit year on year as the as the finances improve. But uh, I, I've heard from sources that Aidan Flint has gone to Middlesbrough and he's on so much more money than he was at Bristol City. Yeah, I, I can believe that. So <sighs> it's I, tricky, isn't it? I, I mean, let's maybe this is a good time to talk about Callum O'Dowder because yeah, absolutely. obviously the thing with O'Dowder is he's got that amazing goal at Norwich City, which for me is one of the standout goals. It's of the one of the goals of the season, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he hasn't been the same player since then, and. I wanted to mention about Lee Johnson criticising him in a couple of press conferences mm. and I wanted to explain why Lee has done that and this is my opinion, I haven't asked Lee. Um, basically, the way I see it is that he is challenging Callum O'Dowd. Likewise, he's challenging the other players to improve. He's going to use that as a tool, as a stick, basically, to say to Callum, listen, you haven't, you haven't made up. it yet. You haven't made it yet. You need to keep working on your game, on the defensive side of the, his game. And in fact, if I'm honest, if you look back at the Daniel Johnson goal against Preston... I, I don't know who's supposed to be marking him, but it might be O'Dowder. He is the one who's closest to him. And he's called when, out O'Dowder in the previous week for not picking up his man. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that explains why he was sort of taken off after 50 minutes of the weekend. In the background, obviously, we've spoken about this at length, is that uh, contract situation. Yeah, we don't um, know what's going on behind closed doors right now. No, it was interesting to see his dad tweeting at the weekend. That it was His 100th hu- appearance. 100th appearance, yes. And he retweeted it saying, thanks, Pops. Yeah, he did. Quite cute. So, yeah, um, He's a really nice well lad, Callum O'Dowder. And it must be so difficult when you're a young player, you're very talented, to make these decisions because you know your football career rests on them. You know, whichever way you go, left or right at this point, will determine what happens to your future. I, I really like Callum O'Dowd. I completely agree with you. He's he's a really switched on guy, which is why I'm a little bit surprised that he hasn't extended his contract, because I think that with a bit of stability and work, he would become a really top player. I'm f- fearful that if he moves on in the summer, and there'll be a big chance if he doesn't sign a new deal, because there is um, interest from elsewhere, but I worry that he might be one of the guys that moves on a little bit too early in his career, and it, and it doesn't pan out the way he wants it to. But Obviously, everybody's got their own opinion, and it's difficult if you've got a big club coming in mm. for you. Premier, can he, maybe can a lower Premier League down? club. Yeah, do you yeah. think we'll come in for him? Yeah, I know there's Premier League in, interest in him. That's what I've been told. So, yeah, basically top level interest. It would be difficult to turn that down. And that's what that's what was hard for Bobby Reid and Joe Bryan. Yeah, it's that chance to play in the Premier League. Yeah, the only thing I would add though is it worth it if you're not going to be playing week in week out? And well, he needs Bobby to Reed. be. He needs to be playing. I think at this stage of his career, in terms mm. of. And he's only really blossoming this season. Well, he didn't get in the team rugby. for ages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, come but, on, sign. What's the phrase? Sign the thing. <laughs> Is that your Irish accent? <laughs> no, sorry, that was. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but he's twenty three. <laughs> So it really is make or break time for him because people forget that Bobby Reid is, is 26, 27. They always think of him as a young young player. Joe Bryan is in his mid-20s now as well. So they, they, they might feel that at this point they do need to make that decision. And the thing that might swing it, and we sat in this exact same place this time last year, and we said if Bristol City go up, it changes everything. It does. It We're does. here again having this this conversation, aren't we? It, it does. I Yeah, I, I just think maybe he needs to be a bit patient. I'm hopeful that Josh Browner can talk him around. <laughs> you know, and, um, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, that. well, talking of going up, um, looking at the table as it is now then, oof, 
She's still very tight. Uh, Bristol City are w- one of the teams on 34 games, which is good, but we know they've got to play these eight games in April. Uh, a difficult run ahead, which starts with Leeds United on Saturday. Is Marcel, uh, Marcelo Bielsa, has he been spotted in Bristol this week, Gregor? <laughs> <laughs> Leading question there. I haven't, spotted, <laughs> I haven't spotted him, but it's going to be interesting to ask the club at the pre-match press conference, which we haven't had time to include this this week, but I'm sure it might be asked whether the fences have been raised. Or, <laughs> or Any drones flying around? Yeah. Um, but Leeds, well, you know, for me, they're going up. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with that. I watched a bit of the West Brom game on Friday night and they, they were absolutely excellent. They were excellent. Them, they? Yeah. Oh, they were fantastic. And you, and you look at you look at that result, West Brom, who are their sort of uh, promotion contenders, I suppose. You look at what they've just done to West Brom. They're coming into this game absolutely brimming with the confidence, aren't they? They are, although I would say, I'm just looking at their fixtures now, they've only won one of their, looks like, last six or seven away games. That's all competitions, though, including FA Cup. And their form went off the boil when the whole Spygate thing happened. Yeah, so Ellen Road, yes, absolute fortress, but away from home, maybe a few question marks still. So So, what do you think, we we say this every week, what's a good result on Saturday? Well... Obviously, three going points back is to, the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but going you know ba- what I mean. Going back to what we were saying about the Birmingham result and how that was disappointing, I think they can make up for that by winning this week. I think if they beat Leeds, I think they really would They've be offset a, a that. strong... Yeah, they'd have a really strong chance of finishing in the top six, especially when you look at the other teams down there, how they're not performing, the likes of Forest, Birmingham, can't string it all together. I'm not sure anyone's going to put this run together that's going to be better than Bristol City. So... Yes, City have got tough games coming up with this one, but if they can just get that win... Then they've got a massive break as well. Like uh, They've got Ipswich on Tuesday, then they're off until the 30th of March because they've got an FA Cup break and then they've got the international break. So, might Lee Johnson flog his best players for two games in a row here? Yeah, I think he will. and he probably If anyone's will. tired, will he just say to them, get through these two, then you've got two yeah, weeks off? absolutely. And I have to say, I was watching the under-23s last night and they fielded a really strong team. Casey Palmer played, Matty Taylor played, uh, Marley Watkins played. Both, all three of those were excellent. Nicholas Eliasson played, played mm-hmm. left-back. Max O'Leary was in goal for the full game. Joe Morrell played, Liam Walsh played. Really strong team, this. It's basically the second string. As you say, really. that could play in the championship. Ex- exactly, the and these guys are going to be... Uh, match fit in case they're needed so yeah they're going to have to flog them for two games then they get a the long rest and then we've got this what, slogathon across April oh, so, you're going to be uh, busy <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but but looking at the well let's preview the Ipswich game as well because we'll be releasing the next podcast after that um, Ipswich are down aren't they they are yeah I strongly fancy Bristol City to win that game so really it kind of depends on the Leeds game if they could win that this is what I mean yeah Six they'd be in points. such a good position wouldn't they yeah they would and uh, you know I always pay attention to the data basically the, there's um, a great website 538 you look at the mathematical predictions you're the biggest geek I know <laughs> thanks very much I, I, I tell you that's a sorry I tell you that's a yeah, it's a good thing when and you're football <laughs> they, they finish they finish um, they're tipped to finish sixth this season and these are like data scientists okay so who's the top six Basically, as it is at the moment, Sheffield United are going to finish third. And yeah, it's basically going to stay as it is. So the game against Sheffield United could be Bristol City's playoff. It'll be interesting, yeah. I can't even say this. Yeah, we're we're obviously jumping a bit ahead of ourselves there. But yeah, that'd be interesting. One of the stats just to throw at you. Mm. You know I love the XG. I know you love the XG. Only one game in Bristol City's last nine games 
um, Bristol City have not had the higher expected goals. Now, that is a really good sign, basically, yeah. of how they're playing. It means they created the better chances in all of those games apart from uh, one. Their goal difference is, is quite low compared to the teams above them, though. But that's not because they concede loads. It's actually because they don't score that many, is what I'd argue to that. It is, it is. They've... Basically, they didn't score that many in the first half, half of the season. They're mm. scoring more in the second half mm. now. Mm. If they can get a contribution from the likes of Semenyo, Taylor, Palmer even, then, um, yeah, they'll do all right. They're going to be up there. I don't feel like I should say this, but what are the playoff dates going to be? Because the season finishes on the 5th of May. Uh, so is it going to be the midweek and weekend after that? It is the... Yeah. So it'll be like the 8th and the 9th, or will it be the week after? Do you know what I mean? Because... Because they finish on the 5th, are the playoffs going to be on Thursday the 9th and then the Sunday, or is it the week after that? Because the playoff final will be on the bank holiday, which is the 27th or the 25th. Because they haven't announced any dates yet, have they? Which is very late. They've announced the final, I thought, because somebody told me it was on the Monday. It's on the bank holiday Monday, but they haven't... But not for the semis. But yeah, so why haven't they announced those dates yet? No answer. No answer. <laughs> over to, over to the, our Sky Sports representative. Well, that's me. <laughs> um, but last year, they, they were on the um, 11th and 12th of May and the 14th and the 15th. Mm. So that's quite soon, isn't it, after the last game? It is, yeah. And then they always have a massive get, get gap to the final. It, yeah, they do, they do. Uh, maybe, we should, I think we should save this for another podcast. Where, when they're in more of a promising position. Oh, I feel bad for even mentioning it now. Um, okay, let's see what happens on Saturday and Tuesday and then will you give us permission to discuss the playoffs properly? If, if they get two wins, definitely, then I think, yeah, we can start. Realistically, you know, I would say four points from six would be good. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, that's not bad. It's going to keep them... Well, no one's going to overtake them, are they, with that? So. Just before we go as well, what do you think of the atmosphere at Ashton Gate right now? Um, Lee Johnson, obviously, at that meeting with Section 82... Uh, I would say it has improved, but it was a little bit flat at times during Birmingham City game, understandably. Um, what do you, you reckon? Cause I think it's really important now. Yeah, I think it's been good. From someone who's been there every home game this season, I think it, it really has come on strong. And I think it's going to be absolutely bouncing this weekend. I mean, they're heading for a sellout, aren't they? Mm. Big opposition, obviously. If you can't get up for this game, when can you? I know the fans... Are really excited for this. I think the place is, as I say, going to be rocking. This is City's chance. If they could get a win here, then hold on to your hat. Indeed, hold on to your hat. Lee Johnson, does he need to hold on to his hat? Is he going to Fulham? Good segue. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think he's going to go there. There's been a bit of speculation over the weekend, a couple of the uh, Red Hop tabloids saying, I think one of them even said that they understood that he's interested, interested yeah. in the Fulham role. Where did you get that from? Yeah, that's not my understanding and... There's been a, there was a really great interview actually with Gary Johnson the other week in the non-league paper, and he was explaining how basically the whole family is settled in the in the West Country. Yeah, I, I really get that vibe mm. because so, uh, Gary lives down in Port's Head. I think I'm not sure where Lee Johnson lives, but Clifton, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think maybe, but it, they've got this whole family set up. I assume that his daughter goes to school around here in Bristol City. I'm not. He hasn't got a job for life because no one's ever got a job. For life. And how long is his contract? Don't know. <laughs> when did he sign a new one? That was, I think he signed a new one, didn't he, in the end of 2017? Okay. Or didn't he sign his new one just before he went on that really bad run? Of yes, club he, record, did. he did. He did. But, you know, you'd, you'd expect whatever happens this season, he'll probably got, be off an extension or a new one, wouldn't you? Would, would that be normal for a manager? But yes, that's a good point. Yeah, I definitely think he would be, given... Given, given how, how well they're look, they're guaranteed at least a mid-table finish now, which is what was the, that was the aim at the start of the season, wasn't it? To improve on was it tenth last season? Eleventh last season. So to to finish tenth or higher this season? 
Yeah, he's on course, well on course for that. So he would be given an extension, one would assume, in summer. Ka-ching, yeah. Good. Therefore, why is he going to Fulham when they're coming back down to the Championship? Well, this is it, isn't it? I mean, you've got Joe Bryan there, but that's not going to be enough to tempt him there. Ah. One, one, one thing, he has got a cousin working at, at Fulham, um, I believe. I've got a cousin that so... works in a financial firm in London, probably. <laughs> that's tenuous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was also told, this might not be right, that the Johnsons are, are big Fulham fans. I think really? This, I think this might be a, a Gary Johnson thing coming from, obviously, Gary from coming from London. Yeah. Then then maybe that's something to do I, with it. I would say they're more Bristol City fans than anything now, aren't they? I think so, yeah, maybe. I th- basically, I, I understand they're well settled, and I think Lee said himself in the, in the Digital Fans Forum that basically he wanted to stay at the club for as long as they'd have him. Unless a Premier League side came in for him, can't really see him going to a Championship club. Yeah, he, he was at pains to explain that there was nothing in the Chelsea sort of John Terry pictures that we saw recently. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's well settled in, in Bristol City. Everything's heading in the right direction. Also, I do think he probably feels that little bit of loyalty towards Steve Lansdowne and the board, especially when they stuck by him uh, after the club record winner defeats. So, I think yeah. he's, I think he is a decent guy in, with, with those sort of morals in that respect. Because if you look at someone like... Paul Hurst got Shrewsbury Town to the playoff final and as soon as the championship club came knocking he was off wasn't he yeah. and from my sources I don't think that was handled in the best way Lee Johnson yeah. is sort of the opposite to that isn't he I think so I've got yeah. no reason to think he isn't I think it would be it's a good point I think I think it would really sort of set the standard if you know what I mean in terms of him showing some loyalty to the club and and settling down and, and pledging his future and maybe it might rub off on some of the players to do the same, and mm. and maybe that'll help galvanise the club, and everybody can move forward in the right direction. Maybe. And on that note, that's a good way to finish the podcast. The right direction will be six points this weekend uh, between Leeds and Ipswich. We'll be back after the Ipswich game. We'll be sat here, and Gregor might finally let us start talking about the playoffs properly. Um, even for the most optimistic Bristol City fan, I'm not sure how many people would have said that six months ago. It's quite incredible. Uh, Gregor, thank you for your time. We'll be back next week. And if you're listening to iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.